Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a day of prayer. If this is your first time joining us, we say welcome. Thank you for being here. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. We are going to spend some time discussing the word today. And before we get started, can someone open us up in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. Go ahead, sweetheart. Lord, I just thank you for today and for another opportunity to come before you, Lord, to grow and mature in your name. And I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to minister to each and every one of us, Lord, as we're gathered here and those for that are listening, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness and for your mercy, Lord, and for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And just before we, I let you introduce, honey, grab your Bibles if you don't have them with you already. So we can study in the word together. Amen. And we are continuing with Peter. We're now moving on to 2 Peter chapter 1. So we're going to begin there. And with that, could I get a volunteer to read the first four verses, please? I will. Simon Charles. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready to go this morning, huh? I like it. Simon (laughs) Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have attained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which having been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the word that is in the world 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 through lust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so as we begin discussing this and let's do that first and foremost by the leading of the holy spirit all right and discussing what he's revealing and ministering to each of you and I also want to give the opportunity for you to ask any questions that you have. All right. Okay. So who wants to begin? I do. All right, Layla. I like um, the beginning of verse two where it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I find that interesting, just that kind of greeting. Um, When we talk to each other and we see them, we go hi or hey or hello. But what Peter says is grace and peace be multiplied to you. Let that be in your life. Let that cover you and be with you um, as you go about your day. That's um, how God deals with us, too. When we come to him, he gives us his grace and his peace, and he makes it abundant to us so that we're saturated with it, not just barely uh, covering and skimming, but we've got the fullness thereof. And he said the peace in the knowledge of God. That's the only thing that truly gives peace to someone. And I just found that interesting. I, mm-hmm. I just saw how God interacts with us right there and how we should treat each other in greeting. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, I do have a question, though, uh, for you to provide some more detail, uh, where it says the knowledge of God. Can you explain what you mean by that or what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you about yes. that? The knowledge of God is not 
knowing about him. It's your relationship with him, how he is with you as an individual, as a person. I know how God is with me. It may not be exactly the same for you, but it's consistent. You can find that ever steady beat. If you look at it, he's peaceful with everyone, merciful, gracious. He's mm-hmm. all those things. But the way you see it may differ from person to person because he speaks to us in a unique manner that has been tailored for us to receive, just like when he gives instruction. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. That's There's some... That's key, right? It's not knowing about the Lord. We saw that clearly in Jesus' time with the Pharisees, and we saw the issues as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Or we read about the issue. We didn't see them. We weren't there, obviously. But we read, we see it in the Word by reading what the issues were. They're, they did not have a knowledge, a relationship with the Lord. And we saw, unfortunately, the outcome of that crucified him. Where, yes, the Lord desires our relationship with each of us. Now, our relationships differ. We'll just take it as an example of a parent to a child, right? There are four of you. But do we address you, Layla, the same way I address your sister or one of your brothers? No. Why? Because it's made for me to receive it the instruction and correction Mm -hmm. is for me not for them so for me to understand it you have to put it in a way that i can receive exactly how it's communicated matters Mm -hmm. now are there at the i'll say in a general overview they're still at the core it's the same thing right yes it's still communicating the same facts the same truth right yes it's still addressing the thing that needs to be addressed Right, whatever that is, equipping, training, knowledge, right, whatever, whatever the uh, to achieve the purpose that needs to be achieved, how how is communicated differs. Yes. So the Lord is the same way with us, or I should say, we follow suit with how the Lord interacts with us. But that's for all of us, everyone that chooses to come into that that relationship with the Lord, and ultimately with his people, right? Exhibiting the same character, nature, attributes of the Lord in and through their lives. Exactly. It's not something we invented. We, we got it from him. Absolutely. <laughs> he is the ultimate parent. Amen. He is the parent. And um, so we see God. He is who he is. Amen. Well, let's, let's make sure we are clear about that. God is who he is, and he is no respecter of persons. So while he communicates with us in a way that we are able to comprehend he doesn't change his character for one person versus the other he doesn't change the standard he has one standard of righteousness and within that he has requirements depending on the level that you're on right and when he expects you to be accountable to those requirements and he's still able to love us uniquely and intimately and deeply and meet our needs and meet us where we are so that's beautiful about god Mm-hmm. And when he's talking about knowledge, as you mentioned, Layla, he's not talking about just, I know you're out there, God. Okay, bye. You know, not a superficial or um, shallow under just um, awareness that he exists, but he's talking about accurate and precise understanding of him. You know, he expects us to learn his ways 
as we come into relationship and then grow up in him. He expects us to learn his ways and to understand and come to a um, precise and correct knowledge or understanding of him and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is Jesus, who is he in relationship in relationship to the heavenly father, the Trinity, who is he in relationship to salvation and the earth? Who is he in relationship to Satan? Who is he in relationship to me? Right. So he is God. Let's go back over those. He's God full, fully mm-hmm. God. And he is fully man. Because he came into the earth, right? Through the flesh, yes, blood and bone body, died on the cross, right? That's who he is in relationship to the Godhead. He is the son, equally God. Who is he in relationship to the earth? He's the savior. The only way in which we can access a relationship with our heavenly father. Who is he to Satan? Conqueror, right? All authority has been given unto Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he went into hell, took back the keys of hell and death, set at liberty the captives that were there, gave him at least the opportunity to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he led captivity captive, right? And then he ascended, put his blood on the mercy seat, and now opened the door for us that were living to come on in by the blood of the lamb. And then who is he to me? My Savior. Lord, my Savior, Lord. King. And, and firstborn of among many brethren. That's right. Amen. He's my master. He's the captain of my salvation. Mm-hmm. He is as firstborn among many brethren. He's the example. Right? Yes. We see a, a dim reflection of that in the family. We expect the oldest child to be an example to the younger children. By no means does it have the weight of what it has and it means for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, but we get our identity from him when we're listening, when we're cooperating. He's, he's already modeled and demonstrated everything that we need in success. Mm-hmm. He's demonstrated how you do it, when you do it, why you do it, and to what extent. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us perfect that walk and to carry it out in the natural world. So, amen. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. Anybody else have something that the Lord ministered to them? I do. Okay, promise. The Lord has brought to my attention the ending of verse 1 through through 4. Where it says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers in divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Mm-hmm. The Lord showed me that when a man is saved, it's not. They 
get saved because they just want benefits. It's they get saved because they want to be rescued from. Wait, sorry. It's okay. Once Explain. A sir. man is saved. It's not that they can still carry out all the lust that they want to have, but that they're able to walk into the Lord, walk with the Lord, and not be lustful, if you will. Not that the Lord keeps you from being lustful, but when you choose to act, keep from being lustful, you are walking with the Lord. Okay. Saying this, so if I understand what you're saying, right, just to kind of recap a little bit. So you're saying first it's the choice of what you're, which way you're going to follow, right? Obedience to the Lord or out of your own desires, right? Okay. But then, oh, so I guess that's that's the core of it. Is it's a choice, which one you're going to do? Now you, you did say that the Lord doesn't prevent you. Um, that's partially true, right? He says that he will provide a way of escape when tempted, right? Scripture tells us that. Okay, so he does, that's what the Holy Spirit is for, one, to convict us, right? So that we know, hey, the, the thing that we may be planning on doing is wrong, right? And to rethink or make a different choice, right? Our, our strategy or what we initially planned on doing but then there is still the, the active or action part, which is to choose either to continue in wrongdoing, right? Or to take the path in the way of escape, that is, that the Holy Spirit has given us. Yeah. However slight or subtle it may seem, we have a role in that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I just, is that, that what you were getting at? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, and, for myself, but also for everybody listening, just so they have a, a knowledge and understanding of of our Lord and and who He is and and how He how He has put the laws on the earth, and then our role or place in them. Mm-hmm. And I just want to touch on something. There's, Please do. There's often like when we're looking in the the earth. There are, there's more than one perspective that we should be aware of. Mm-hmm. There's the perspective of God towards us us towards God, and then there's the perspective of those that are outside of the Lord, and but not hostile, and then there's those that are outside of the Lord and hostile towards God or the people of God. So, for example, if somebody is trying to commit a murder against a child of God, God will restrain their hand. He provides pr- protection for us, mm-hmm. right? If that's what needs to be done, God will provide us that protection, then for the for the believer, he also gives us wisdom. That's why we should be watching and praying, should be in constant communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that we're able to um, raise up that hedge of protection and always keep it raised. And mm-hmm. that shield of faith is strong in doing what it's designed to do. We're using the weapons of our warfare that God has given us, right, for preservation and safekeeping. And the ministering angels are here to help in that process as well. But when a wicked person wants to do harm to a righteous person who has not opened the door to the enemy, right, there's recourse. We're not just subject to that because they want to do it. God will restrain that event. 
but it does require us to be in perfect alignment with him. And there's plenty of cases um, of things where God has delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important for us to know as well. Now, as far as what you said, honey, that that's the perspective of the believer towards God. This is how he gives us choices. He yes. gives the same to the unbeliever. It's just slightly different. Absolutely. I just want to clarify and yes. make sure that, no, yes, absolutely. that we all understood the point the promise was trying to make. Yeah, so, I appreciate that, darling. Which is a good point, sir. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? I found verse 3 and 4 interesting. And I think it was what promise was trying to hint at, that God has given us, through his divine power, God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, meaning he's given us everything we need to be successful and to overcome the world and not be subject or slaves to the prior temptation Mm -hmm. and that's something you receive upon taking your salvation Mm -hmm. and with it also comes the added blessings when you become saved again such as healing and that's yours that's rightfully yours that's right when you were born again and you made god your savior Mm -hmm. likewise having faith and access to the father is your, I would say God given right at this point. Because Jesus you're given right. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause you're a new believer. You believe God and mm-hmm. all these promises that are in the scripture, of course, ask the Lord about them, but they're yours rightfully. Mm-hmm. He's giving you those options. It's just, you have to tap into that and mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. hold of it. That's right. Likewise, it's a choice like promises trying to hint at, it's a choice whether you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh or you're going to live according to the life that God has already set out before you. Amen. 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 Uh-huh. That's it. Amen. It is certainly our choice. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. You said something there, Kyla, that I wanted to touch on, but I'll have to come back to it. I was. And, and engaged in listening, I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. Well, no, you talked about the choice, right? I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring it up. So you talked about the choice and these promises and all these things are available to us who believe. Yes. That was exact, exactly the thing that Jesus told his disciples. We see that in John 14, especially in 12. Yes, it's talking about answered prayer. But in verse 12, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Right? These things are already and available to us. I, I would ask the question, and this is not to give an answer out loud, of course, right? Just to reflect on. I want the Holy Spirit minister to you. Do you have the faith for it? To receive the promises and the blessings that the Lord has. And then... Is that faith actually being put in action? It's the follow-on question, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's for anything and everything. Uh, you know, we can speak to to healing, right? How many times have people been prayed for and they've walked away not receiving their healing, right? Uh, you know, we talk about Wigglesworth uh, quite a bit in Stormont. Um, Stormont knew Wigglesworth and lived with him for the last seven years of his life, and and one of the questions was about healing. And Stormont said, "I have the faith for all of them." Do they have faith enough to receive it? In other words, my faith can't override your faith. Mm-hmm. 
Or your will. Right, exactly. Or your will. Each is given a measure of faith. But we've, we've had this discussion here about faith. It's a muscle. Are you using it? Right? Or is it an atrophy? So, is it as the muscle died? So, which is it? Right? Because those that are going to the gym and exercising in it, right, and building up their their physical muscles, right? You see that you see the results of that. What about our spiritual muscles, as it were, our faith? Are we building that up? Mm-hmm. And you have to actually use it. The person it that to goes to the gym forever but can't lift a boulder, you're like. Ugh. Right. All is these it, big muscles, and you can't do anything for me. Is it functional? That's, That's right. That is the key. Got to use it. So, right? I mean, is this one thing to have all these, you know, whatever to be a bodybuilder or mm-hmm. a, a power lifter or whatever the case is? But then we also have to look at what's the function? Is it functional strength, or is it just someone that that's really big and can't do anything? They look nice, but there's no substance. Right. Uh, so there is a difference there. So, for our own lives and the spiritual, what is the state of our our faith? Is it active and functioning? Is it strong, or is it kind of flimsy? And do we need to build it up? And of course, we can always ask the Lord for more faith, right? That you see that uh, with the disciples. Uh, it was in Luke, I believe, either Mark or Luke. Um, but they, the Lord talks to them about. Um, I'm trying to remember in my mind here. One second. He discusses about um, not creating offense, right? But then also it says how the gospel itself is offensive to people. I think they asked that when he was telling them to forgive. There was that as well, <laughs> He was right? telling them about a hard situation that this is God's standard. That's it. And they were like, how can we do that? Give us more faith. They like, said, Lord, increase our faith. Right. We should be doing asking the same thing. Well, Romans says that faith comes how? By hearing? By hearing. You by the word of God. Find that scripture Absolutely. for me, and I want you guys to read it to us. Because when when Jesus was talking to them, he was really saying, use what you've got. Exactly. You have the word of God on the inside of you. Now release it, listen, and actually obey it. You got it, Layla? Yes. Okay, go ahead. This is Romans ten seventeen that says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. So... God gave us the measure. Already, yes. He gave gifts to men. When he ascended, he he infused us with what we needed. The faith to get us into salvation is faith that we use to receive healing, um, our our needs met, like provision, safety, safekeeping, and you have to continually hear and comprehend but agree to the word of God and then put it into practice in your life. Absolutely. It would be nice for us to go, Jesus, give me that faith infusion. Well, he gave us a method. He said, study my word. Spend time and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. And what did it say about Abraham? That he did what to God? He gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. But before he was able to get there, he had to believe, believe. God. And then it was accounted believe. as righteousness. That's right. He, God said a word. He spoke to him. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he had to say it a few times. And each time it imparted something deeper to him and revealed more of that covenant. But when God said what he said, Abraham made a choice. He had, he looked at both roads. I could doubt you, God, and say, no, you're lying to me because I'm too old. Or he could say, I believe you, God, and extend his faith and his trust towards what the Heavenly Father was saying to him. He chose the latter, to believe and trust what God was saying to him. 
So then his faith grew, right? He heard what God said. He accepted it, understood it, and believed it, and his faith grew. So much so that he was able to obtain strength to become the father of many nations. Mm -hmm. That was the difference. He could have sat down in the dirt and said, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. Give it to me. Give it to me, Jesus. But it would not have changed anything. Him listening to what God has already said, believing it, and then acting in it is what was the difference maker for him. Made all the difference in the world. So likewise for us, yes, there is the special faith that comes by the working of the Holy Spirit and like word of knowledge, word of wisdom. That Those are gifts as, that the Holy Spirit ministers as he wills. Mm -hmm. But that's not our particular faith that we are use, using to govern our everyday life. That's to obtain special miracles, things of that nature when God is ready to perform those things. But your personal faith is grown by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing, understanding, and believing the word of God. You see that in the same, um, the parable that Jesus was talking about, the sower sows the word. There's some on the wayside. There's some that are stony ground. There's some that are good ground, right? The ones that don't receive the word, the enemy comes right in, takes it away. Mm -hmm. There's ones that receive it for a time, but they don't really have the understanding that's necessary and the consistency of their faith. And then when trouble springs up, the heat comes out, the sun is beating on it, it dries up because it doesn't have any root. But then there's some that's sown on good ground, and it brings forth a return, some 30, some 60, or 100-fold. So Jesus is sowing the word. The word is what we need to have faith. The word is coming, and it's your choice whether you will receive that faith or you will refuse that faith. It's our choice as the believer. So if you need more faith, Go ahead and make your petition made known, but understand this is what God has already said. So utilize what you have. That's right. And take and, the pathway he left. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And by utilizing it, you will increase. Mm -hmm. Your faith will increase. But then, yes, still ask the Lord for more faith. But just like any parent, right? Well, it's like a conversations with you guys. You ask for something, and, and I've, what's one of the first things? Are you utilizing everything that you have? Right. Yes. Regardless of, of what it is, right? That, that's typically a question that you get asked quite often, right? Are you utilizing to the fullest extent all of your, all the resources that you have available to you, right? Yes. Okay. So you see the same principle applied here in a natural setting. Mm -hmm. What has the Lord already provided for us? And are we utilizing it in full as the Lord has directed? Mm -hmm. And I believe he responded to them about the mustard seed. Mm -hmm. Well, multiple times, right? The mustard seed is <coughs> is various things, right? He compares a mustard seed to faith and to the kingdom of heaven. So in other words, they've already received the kingdom of heaven, right? Which goes back to other scripture where he says, you've already been purified by the word I've given you. So they've received, so each of us has received the kingdom, if you will. It's just a matter of, the choices and decisions we have made with our heart of whether it is stony ground, mm -hmm. thorny, whether we didn't receive it at all, it fell by the wayside, or whether it's fertile ground. All right? And so did we receive it and did we maintain it? Mm -hmm. Holding fast to the faith. Let's take a look at Luke 17. 
And the Charles, when you find it, will you read? Or Kyla, whoever gets there first. First, you want to read? Start with first one, please. Okay. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. But, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> to him, though, through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Keep going. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for your, prepare something for your sup, for my supper, and gird yourself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he think that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, saying, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Okay, so there it is. You know, they these people were coming, not these people, but the, the Jews were coming out of, he was talking to his disciples, they were coming out of eye from, for an eye mm-hmm. territory. You do something to me, I'm going to do it back to you, right? Tooth for a tooth. So this was their mentality. And when Jesus came and revealed to them, this is the grace and the glory of God to forgive and to show mercy. They were like, whoa, because eye for an eye is fleshly engagement. It satisfies you. You know, somebody hits you, go hit them back and teach them that lesson. Don't ever do it again. Right. But he's saying here, cover yourself with grace and mercy and forgive because this is what the Father requires of you. And then he says to them, if you have faith as a mustard seed, in other scriptures he talks about how it's the smallest seed, but it produces the biggest bush or tree in the garden that for what it is, the true, the birds are now able to nest in it in comparison to maybe a tomato plant or some other kind of vegetable plant. Um, so he's saying, use like we just talked about, use what you have. Take your faith and use it and see how much harvest it brings. Use what you have and see what it's able to produce to you. And then also keep this in mind, you know, the, where he's talking about the, um, the servant and to sit down and finish. This is your rightful duty mm-hmm. to live in a way that blesses God. Not something you should get a pat on the back for. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's, that's kind of a rough saying, Jesus, because we have a different perspective. We've, we've been taught that this is the way it goes, but they weren't taught to walk after the spirit at that time. And when Jesus came, he was showing them, this is the more, this is a perfected way of living. This is what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And, and the point that you were just bringing up, Paul makes that same statement. Essentially, this is your reasonable service of worship. Mm-hmm. The, the minimal expectation 
just to, to do what the Lord has commanded you to do, not seeking a reward for it. Right. And this is just the expectation. That's the bare minimum is to forgive your brother. That's it. Seven times 70. Forgive him repeatedly and walk in that same level of mercy and love that has been extended towards you. And, you know, God, Jesus confirms that in his parable of the, the wicked servant that owed much and was forgiven but would not forgive his, his brethren or his, his servant that owed little. So um, he's just saying, like in verse 9, as you said, honey, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So in verse 10, so likewise, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. So we haven't even gone above and beyond. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is not even above and beyond the expectation for you. So, um, you know, all that to say, let's use the faith that God gave us. Start there and continually put the word of God into your ears. And Jesus always wants to hear our petitions. He didn't scold them for saying, Lord, give us more or increase our faith. He didn't get upset with them, but he surely certainly put it in perspective for them. This is how this works. And this is what your responsibility is and your requirement. So um, I think it's a blessing to us to know, to know what God, who God is and what he requires. What is he looking for? (laughs) Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those that come to him must Believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All of those things are required. So knowing when we meet God with our faith, he's going to reward us. He's going to meet us there every single time and we can count on him. Absolutely. And he does reward us. Mm-hmm. Um, as we were going through this, uh, no one brought it up yet, so I will bring it up. What is the first line in this letter? Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus mm. Christ. How does this differ from his last letter? Let's take a peek. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there is an aspect of stepping into the role and the position the Lord has given you, and that's absolutely required, all right? And you see that in the first letter, which there's, give or take, about a year or two-year difference, according to historians and scholars, about when these letters were written, mm-hmm. all right, which was around 60 to 62 AD, right? Um, Now, with that, though, uh, I love the insertion of the word bondservant because, yes, there is, this shows that humility and who, in this case, Peter, who, yes, is an apostle, walked with the Lord, did all those things, right? Was taught directly by him during Jesus' earthly ministry. But it shows who he submitted to, and who he's encouraging others to submit to. There's a humility aspect. Vice, you know, many times leaders can have a puffed up sense of themselves. And this is my position. So you, whatever, have to honor me and do all these other things. Vice, we should first be submitted to the Lord and honor and respect him. And because of that and his love commandment, we give grace and love all. All right, our neighbor as ourself. I'm not saying that Peter didn't have that love in the first letter. It's not what I'm saying. But you see it more full or fully expressed here, which is important. Mm-hmm. Right? He's, he's also coming to a point where it's getting closer for him to die. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he, he mentions that in first Peter, that it's getting time is drawing near from to put off his earthly tent as the Lord showed him. And he repeated that. So, you know, God gives us in our, our natural bodies, he gives us a sense of self-preservation and he made it for us naturally. So that way we wouldn't die prematurely. Like that's just a first line of mm-hmm. defense. Basic. Everybody gets that. That's a human being. Even animals have that a sense of self-preservation um, for the most part, like a fish. If it senses a net swims the other way, it, that's just the goodness and the glory of the Lord. But just like Jesus in the garden, we have to make everything within our being submit to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I guess he could have been like Jonah and hopped in a, a boat to try to go to Tarshish when he was supposed to be going to Nineveh. But Jesus, we at the end of, we see it as the Gospels when he's talking to him and restoring Peter. He says, people, when you're old, when you're young, you're going to go where you want to go. But when you're older, people are going to take you where you don't want to go. And he described to him what his outcome was going to be. And Peter had a question about John. Well, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus said, basically, mind your business. That's my mm-hmm. servant. I'll take care of that. This none of, none of your, never mind. So what does it matter to you if he remains? But here you see Peter, he's putting that on. He's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and going, okay, God, I'm going to submit to you in this particular thing. And that although we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, Although we may be an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, although we may be those things, we are first and foremost servants of the Most High God. Amen. Which is kind of what we were looking at in Luke 17. First and foremost, you are his servant. Yes, we are sons and daughters, but first and foremost, he's God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tav. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to obey, right? That was the difference in the garden. That's what separated Adam and Eve from their son and daughtership and made them strangers and subsequently made us strangers to the family of God was obedience versus disobedience or disobedience versus obedience. They were given a commandment to obey, right? Yes. And that is what separated them from their sonship or daughtership. So likewise, remember that first. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But they are engaged with through our obedience because we are his mm-hmm. servants. And it's his place to elevate us and raise us up. Not our place to ascend and go, hey, I'm equal to you, God. Right? Yes. I know that sounds kind of harsh, like maybe I'm bonking you on the head. But it's important that when we have the right attitude... When we have the right mindset, then we can go, oh, Lord, you can tell me to get up and move to this place or not to go to that place or not to eat this right now or to give this to someone else because I'm your servant. And then that servanthood allows me to enjoy the benefits of being your daughter. Right. Exactly. And, and we, the joint heir. And I love what you're bringing up, honey, because we were talking about this yesterday um, or in the last lesson, uh, end of chapter, in chapter five, first Peter chapter five, where Peter addresses first elders and leaders in the church, and then those that are that have elders or people in leadership over them within the church, right? Yes. And and we talked about that yesterday, so I'm not going to go into all of that because it was it was a long, long teaching, um, long Bible study discussion. So if you haven't heard it, please go take a, a listen, or maybe listen again. 
you know, because there's always something in the word that will speak to us and the Holy Spirit will use to minister to us. So I would encourage you to do that. But I'll say this. He does address without saying specifically when he was called out, right? If you will, by Paul in Galatians. So he's addressing it without giving the specifics, which I think is is great that he's able to look back, you know, with the, the insight that has been given to him through the Holy Spirit and then and clearly help others to come into that place or, or even from the beginning, right? It, as it pertains to leaders, it shouldn't be that we go out and lead out of the flesh, mm-hmm. right? That's not what Christ did as our pattern example. He led everything, was ministered to and through and from the Holy Spirit in and to and through us to the people, All right? Okay. So not at the end, then have to go correct as, as you pointed out, honey, how Peter is getting to the end of his life here, and um, or uh, he knows it's approaching. Mm-hmm. So instead of now at the end correcting and exhorting others, why don't we approach leadership, especially those that are in that position, whether it's at any level, right? whether it's in our homes, whether it's in positions at work or government or in the church, Right? Why don't we approach it the same way that Christ did? Instead of having to come back and correct and then readdress and exhort others to do things that we haven't done. Letting the Holy Spirit minister in and to and through us instead of leading out of our flesh. So are you saying take it in the right perspective from the from the beginning? Yes, from the beginning. Endeavor and leadership? Exactly. Okay. Instead of mm-hmm. implementing and enacting rules that, well, they sound good on the surface. And, and there's great intention there, right? But is it what the Holy Spirit wants to have happen mm-hmm. or what the Holy Spirit is ministering or wants to have ministered? Or I should say the Lord through the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit is God, but he also takes from the Father and discloses it to us. So from the get-go, anyone that's in any type of leadership role, whatever that, that is or looks like, Right, it's not just about the heads of churches, or, or, but it's at every level. We should approach things in the way Christ did, especially if we want his results. And we want uh, the flock, or in other words, the people that the Lord has assigned and entrusted to our care mm-hmm. to achieve the results that Christ did in his ministry, which is that they bear much fruit. They're able to remain or stand mm-hmm. even during trials and testing and challenges, and even when faced with life or death. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that, that should be what the leader wants uh, to produce in others, our, our strong men and women of faith. Mm-hmm. So with that, we can only do it one way, and that's through with and through the power of the Holy Spirit, leading and guiding every aspect of our lives. And let's not forget... Even Solomon said, ask for wisdom. Why? Because how was he, he, he acknowledged it himself. Who am I to lead this great people of yours, right? Of the Lord's people. He didn't say, oh, these are my people. He said that the Lord's people. So again, just what, what we have been discussing here, Peter is getting at on a, a different scale, if you will, in a different capacity, slightly different. Peter's not the king, 
right? But he is an apostle of Christ, and he does have people that the Lord has assigned and entrusted to his care as a an apostle to shepherd them, to bless them, to protect them, to guide them, to equip them for ministry, for life in the faith, and to accomplish all the Lord has purposed and planned for them. Mm-hmm. So, as you're saying, as and I'm a believer that this is God's perspective, as for us, there's no room for our flesh when we're in leadership. Absolutely. Whether it be leading as parents or older siblings or among friendships or in any place, especially in like a position that God has placed you in, there's no room for your flesh to get involved because when we, when we allow the flesh to guide us, we can only hope to receive. It's corruption. <laughs> right. And we know that in our flesh dwells no good thing, but when we walk according to the Spirit, we inherit and receive life. And we don't want to hurt those, those that are underneath us or those that are walking alongside us or listening to the counsel that we're giving, even if it's a temporary leadership position that we're taking as one to advise someone else. Um, that's why I think Peter in the last, in First Peter talks about speaking as the oracles of God. Mm-hmm. Let God's word be in your ear and that's what comes out of your mouth because then the person that's hearing and on the other side of it will be blessed versus harmed. And, you know, just another point to that, what you were saying, sweetheart, is when, if God placed you in a position and kind of tying together what I'm saying about yep, our flesh as do. well. If God placed you in the position, did he place you there because of your self-worth, your own righteousness, or did he place you there for his purpose? For his purpose. For his purpose. And so, if it's a spiritual placement, shouldn't it be governed and managed from a spiritual perspective? Yes. Spiritual connecting with natural. So, in Galatians chapter 3, this is... I mean, I love the whole word of God, but these are this is something that always sticks out in my mind when he's talking to the Galatians um, about their walk in, in, with Jesus Christ. Um, he says, he's talking to them about them being carried away in their flesh, mm-hmm. basically. And he says, verse chapter, uh, Galatians 3, verse 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? They were getting into circumcision and trying to re- apply the law when they have already stepped into the grace of Jesus Christ. So even then, their flesh trying to make right what God did by his, his grace and mercy in the spirit does not need our fleshly attributes combined with it. He needs us to just obey him and allow him to flow through us um, because we cannot make his plan perfect with our interjections of natural mentality. Kylie, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, I did. I just to add on to what you were saying, that as a leader placed in position of leadership, you shouldn't act in the flesh. You should be finally attuned to God. I just wanted to remind everyone that even if you're not the pastor of your church or anything, you were placed in a position of leadership because the Lord called us to be the light of the world and to mm-hmm. spread the gospel. So that means you're also held to the standard and there's no excuse for you to act fleshly you should also strive to be spiritually in tune with God and what he's saying and to always speak exactly what the Lord is speaking, nothing more and nothing less. Absolutely. And by you, you mean yourself, right? Yes. Because it starts first with you. Yes. Who hears the commandment. Uh-huh. Before you pluck that speck out of someone else's eye, let us get the beam out of our own. So, of course, God is talking to us first, and we need to apply that and magnify the name of the Lord and glorify him in our behavior. 
and not as one who is um, suppressing wickedness on the inside of you. You know, like you're trying to keep a, a, a bottle cap on, you know, oh. baking soda and vinegar mixture. You're trying to just keep the cap on and keep the rocket from exploding. That's not what God is talking about. But he's talking about um, renewing our mind, right? He's talking about cultivating the faithfulness of God on the inside of us. So that way, when we are free and I'll say unleashed or released to go forward, what flows out of us is living water, not putrid stream. So God is talking to us first. And, you know, it may sound like, man, you're asking for a lot. No, I get that. I'm, I'm just, we're looking at what God has and what he expects. He expects from us. Well, I think that goes to verse three. Verse right? three of of, Peter, of second Peter, Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Where he says, or really two and three. He talks about grace and peace. Mm-hmm. Only in the Lord, well, because of the Lord's love, he extended his grace that we access through faith, right? And he gives us peace. But then in verse three, it says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you see in there exactly what we've been discussing as far as the nature, the character, the attributes of the Lord, not trying to keep a lid on our flesh, as you pointed out, but crucifying the fleshly things so that just like Christ, that there is nothing that can be found in us. We are spotless, blameless before our Lord and Savior. But then uh, I find that the key there is all things that pertain to life and godliness. So many times we in the flesh go search for something that will be fulfilling or that we can find life in, right? Like Meaning of life. <laughs> exactly. And, and only to come up empty time and time again, regardless of which thing it is that we endeavor in, right? But when we endeavor in the things that the Lord has, we find life. And then even to build upon that, you were saying about how sometimes it's harsh, right? It, it, it can give the impression that it's harsh. And yes, sometimes the standard is just that. The standard is the standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Lord has a standard, and it's the same for everyone. Why? Because in Him and in His ways and His standard is life. And no, I don't mean off of traditions. But actually, right, because in here, He also points out, it pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called you, mm-hmm. which means there is a difference. And a change must of a change of our mind and how we view certain things into understanding or knowing the Lord, understanding Him and His ways and His thoughts. We have to come into that type of relationship, which you see is the the same type of relationship that is desired throughout, especially the Old Testament, uh, and as described in in Hebrews eleven, right, the great faith chapter if you will, where they desire to fully and knew the Lord in so, such a deep and intimate and personal way that they, they could ask, to ask the Lord to show them their glory because they also sought to understand Him and know His ways and His thoughts, not their own, and just say, Lord, bless it. It's the same because it's not. They knew there was a difference, and they purposed to know the Lord and his ways, his thoughts, his nature, his character, and live that out in their own lives. 
Um, and as you were saying, sweetheart, in verse 4, if we read down to the, the second half of that, it says that through these, the, great and, um, the exceedingly great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, Amen. having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God makes a way for us, but he also, and he understands it's a process. We go from faith to faith, right? Glory to glory. We are designed and created just like we see reflected in the natural entrance of a human being into the world and their progression unto adulthood. There's a growth process. He made that available to us. Like he set up the same process for us spiritually. That's why he calls it the new birth, being reborn. Mm -hmm. So that way we would correlate that he knows and calculated and understood that it's a process. That we will first be babes, then we will grow to children, then young men and women, and then men and women, mothers and fathers, right? And then unto older people. He understood that process and he is willing for us and he's made provision for us to take that journey. It's just we actually have to start it. He knows the moment you get saved, you still have the same soul that you had five minutes before. You have the same will and emotions that you have. Just now your spirit is alive. And he understood it would take time to wash you with the water of the word to get you to the place where he designed you to be, the perfected man or woman in Christ Jesus. He knew that. Mm -hmm. And he designed and desires for us to take that journey with him. Come into him. And no longer, don't be satisfied with just being a baby. Now, just like a baby is born, they have to begin to eat. They start off with milk. Then they get to cereal. Then they get to food and meat. And then they get to strong meat. Right? And they're able to process it and digest it and do everything they need to do with it and receive the nutrients from it that's appropriate for the age level that they are. So take that same journey with the Lord. And as you walk with him, he just wants you to take the... Take the brakes off, if you will. You know, trying to drive with your parking brake on is really difficult. It smells like burned rubber. Starts okay. making sounds. All the lights start going off. Warning signs. Will definitely mess your vehicle up. Exactly. If you take the emergency brake off and go, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come, Jesus, and your will be done on earth, on this earth, which is my natural body in me, as it is in heaven. And give me this day my daily bread. Jesus said, "Man shall not live by bread alone." but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And yes, he was quoting scripture that he already uh -huh. imparted previously in the Old Testament, but he made it alive and new and fresh when he spoke it. We don't live by physical bread alone, but we live, we're literally able to um, have everything that pertains to life and godliness through the word of God. Based on his word, what he's already said, those great and precious promises. Believe him. Eat that word. Nourish your spirit. Mm -hmm. If you're only able to start with, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, do that. Eat that word continually until it's alive on the inside of you. And then as the next phase comes, the Holy Spirit says, okay, honey, come on up. All right, my love, come to the next level. Go with him and allow him free access to your daily life, to your everyday and everything that concerns you. Because... Again, he gave us all things that pertain to our life, not only the physical life of remaining alive and not perishing, but how the life functions, how it manifests, the inner workings, 
the daily struggles mm-hmm. and the challenges plus the victories, the changes that will come. I was a mom. I'm not a mom today, and I am a mom. <laughs> right? I wasn't a mom yesterday, but now I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. How do I work with this? I wasn't married before. Now I'm married. All of those things. I'm five inches taller than I was before. He's able to cooperate, and he's made provision for us on every single phase of that journey, but also pair it with the spiritual life. He's provided everything that's necessary for that spiritual life to be at its fullest. Right? It's his desire for you, right? That you be conformed to the image of Christ in every way. Mm-hmm. Right? Not not just with not just that we're made in his image, but in every way. He's our pattern and example. Mm-hmm. Moving forward in the things of the Lord. Amen. So let's pause there for today. Oh, do you have one, no, one point? Okay. I do have one last statement that I want to make to wrap honey. this all up. Kyla, I remember what it was that the Holy Spirit told me to say. Praise the Lord. Okay. As we're looking at our role, remember this. Jesus won all of the victories for us. He did it all. When he said it's finished mm-hmm. on the cross, he meant it's finished. All of that. So we inherit all the blessing. And now, because of the blood of Jesus, we are shielded and able to separate from the curse that is the the curse of the law of sin and death we are separated from that jesus he kept all the word all the word of the law right and fulfilled the old testament that old covenant meaning that makes us recipient recipients of all the blessing held therein when we come into fellowship with him and now our job is to not complicate the situation but to cooperate with our Heavenly Father as he guides us into that provision, as he guides us into what he's already won for us. And we appropriate every one of those blessings, every single blessing as we go along the way. And along and through our days, we appropriate what God has already done for us. So just remember that Jesus did it all. Now it's our turn, our turn to cooperate with him. Amen. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for this wonderful time we had together, Lord, to discuss your word and to learn more about you, Lord, to grow and mature and to come into that place that you would have us be in, Lord, to have us walk in your footsteps, Lord, and to guide us into all truth, Lord, and to just transform us, Lord, from the person that we once were to the person that you want us to be, God, and just the fun experiences that come along with that journey, Lord, as we watch you work and your mightiness, Lord, and the things that you do in our lives. Mm-hmm. I ask that you will add grace and peace to our listeners, Lord, as they go about their days, Lord. Give them favor in their workplaces, Lord, in their schools, wherever it is that they are, Lord. And I ask that your hand will cover them and comfort them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope that you are as blessed as we are discussing the word of the Lord. So we hope you join us again tomorrow. So uh, have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the 
truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.